morning, church. Happy Sabbath. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to continue mending. I want to, by the way, I was delayed because I, I saw a special music slide and then, well, it's here. Thank you for the music this morning. I also want to say thank you to the elder team, Eileen, Russ was helping this morning, Peter now, for your leadership in my absence. Maybe I should be absent more often. Welcome as well uh, on to the sermon. Welcome to those of you online who are joining us. Thank you for being here. Let's pray. God, thank you for this privilege of sharing together. Please be present with us. Amen. Today I'm beginning a simple series over looking at the final week of Jesus' life. And it will continue mostly on communion Sabbaths, perhaps a few sprinkled here and there along the way. And we'll be looking at events from mostly Sunday to Sunday in the final week of Jesus. Um, not his final week on earth, but the, what's called the Passion Week. And I've called it the final week because it's the, it's the week before his death or the week of his death and resurrection. Or Anyway. You get what I'm saying? Here's the timeline, and uh, I've just put it up there for you. You'll see this more than once, but just a couple of things to note on the timeline. Uh, first of all, that the Gospels reflect differences in the story. John's Gospel, if I get this right, has Jesus at, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus on Friday night, which is not here on this, uh, that would be just before this, this uh, timeline begins. And on that Friday night, he's there for dinner at their home, and I'm sure that dinner happens. John records that Mary anoints Jesus' feet that night, but Mark and Matthew record that the anointing took place during the following week. So we have this diversity because, after all, there was a definite human hand in the process of Scripture of the giving of Scripture, and that human hand, they were drawing on different stories, different accounts, and that human work on the Gospels is reflected in the divergence of how the stories are recorded. They had differing sources, and uh, so there are, in some cases, three different, uh, on, on the anointing of Jesus' feet, there are three different times uh, over the four Gospels. So just one of those things you find as you look into the story, you see this human and God cooperation, and you see the definite presence of the human hand and the fact that they wrote the narratives differently because of their access to different historic information, and in some cases because they decided to put things differently for the emphasis they were pursuing in their particular um, gospel writing. Triumphal entry happens on Sunday. That is there to the far right. And then, excuse me, that's, that is that, that is left, far left. And then Monday, so Jesus goes to Bethany. The important thing today is to notice all the time Jesus spends in Bethany. Jesus goes to Bethany Sunday night, comes back Monday morning. Monday morning is when the, he rebukes the money changers in the temple, turns the tables over. Monday is also um, where Jesus rebukes the Pharisees, recorded in Matthew 23, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders, the prophecies of the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the world, Matthew 24. All of that 
as well as Matthew 22 and even back into 21, takes place on Monday. On Tuesday, Jesus may have stayed in Bethany. John tells us that after confronting the Pharisees and religious leaders on Monday, that he went into hiding. Does that mean he just hid for the night? Does it mean he just hid to escape the crowd? John doesn't add any of those details. It could be that he was hiding out over Tuesday and up into actually Thursday in Bethany, or it could be, as Luke says, that he was every day in the temple. So we're not entirely sure what happened on Tuesday and Wednesday during the day. We do know, it's pretty sure that Wednesday night he was at a feast at Simon the leper's house where he was anointed uh, by most likely Mary for his burial. And then on Thursday is when he goes back for sure to Jerusalem and that begins the Passion Weekend where he is first sharing the Last Supper with his disciples. And then there is uh, some extended teaching. John 13, 14, 15 take place during or after the Last Supper. Uh, Also John 16. John 17 is after the Last Supper. His prayer that night, part of his prayer that night. And so that's where some of the pieces fit in, even into John 18. And then, of course, that night also is the arrest and the beginning of the trial. And so that begins that final weekend. So that's kind of an outline for you. And again, if you look at different Gospels, you could move some of those things to different days. But that's the timeline as I'm going to work with it here. Bethany. We're going to get to in a minute, but Jesus was in Bethany to resurrect Lazarus. On the map, Bethany would be near Jerusalem at the bottom left of your map. And uh, it's a little difficult to see terrain map and uh, the titles are not super big, but there's an arrow. Hopefully you can see that bottom left arrow. Jesus went to Bethany. It's not clear whether or not he actually went into Jerusalem when he went to resurrect Lazarus but he did go as far as Bethany. Bethany was about two miles outside of Jerusalem. Jesus resurrected Lazarus, got into so much trouble because of it. The religious leaders actively went into planning his death as a result of the resurrection of Lazarus. They'd already been thinking about it, but that really kicked it into high gear. So Jesus leaves the area and seeks refuge in a town to the north, one of the towns known as Ephraim. There's another town known as Ephraim, but this is the town known as Ephraim that's in the north uh, top of your map there, El Taiba. And uh, I believe that is, it's, that, that's the name it has on the map today. Then Jesus, and that by the way, um, the resurrection of Lazarus was between Hanukkah, which would have been around December, and, and April or, or late March, which would have been the Passover. Lazarus is resurrected sometime between those two events because we know Jesus was in Jerusalem for Hanukkah that the year before or the December of, 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 that year, of the year before. And then in, um, in April or late March is when he is crucified at Passover. And so sometime in the middle, Lazarus is resurrected. Jesus then goes up to this northern this city about 13 miles to the north where he takes refuge from the religious leaders. Then on his way back, returns through Jericho. And in Jericho, we, that's when um, Zacchaeus professes faith in Jesus. 
That's when the blind man Bartimaeus is healed. That's where some other healings take place. That's all in Jericho on Jesus' way to back to Jerusalem where he's crucified. Now we're going to move to a couple, three stories specifically uh, related to Bethany. This is the first one. It doesn't use the name Bethany, the term Bethany, but we know Jesus, excuse me, we know Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived in Bethany. So the village, though unnamed here, is clearly the village of Bethany. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his his teaching. Two things to note here. Jesus found great fellowship with these two sisters. We'll find out that was true of their brother as well. And I want you to notice the, the contrasting characters. One is Martha. Martha is a, an overzealous hostess. Not overzealous in the sense that you would be bothered by her kindness, but that Jesus commented she was too busy hosting and should take more time to do important things like sit at Jesus' feet. But Jesus was this hostess. She loved to pamper her guests, and I think she especially loved to pamper Jesus whenever he came to visit. So it was a special gift when Jesus came into town that Martha was looking out for him having a good, solid meal and being kindly served. The other sister, Mary, is one of the few people, maybe the only person with the kind of understanding she has about the trajectory of Jesus' life. Mary does anoint Jesus' feet later. She anoints Jesus, probably the following week anoints Jesus, not the following week to this story. I conflated the two stories. But during the Passion Week, Mary anoints Jesus' feet. And so here early in in our encounter with Mary, she shows this great love for Jesus and his teaching. This childlike faith that really, truly takes Jesus at face value. What a refreshing change from the religious leaders who are always arguing, always looking to find a, uh, some, some crack in his teaching, some way to catch him and trip him up. Or the disciples who are constantly fighting and bickering and struggling for the number one spot, questioning his teaching or completely misunderstanding what he says. Here is a woman who simply takes him at his word, who really gets to the best, at the best possible level what he's actually up to. So when Jesus goes to visit them, whenever he's in town and able to stop at their home, his heart is refreshed by Martha's service and by Mary's just eager, unqualified faith. And then Here's a a little view of the town. When he's in Bethany, he also has a sense of seclusion from Jerusalem. Even though Jerusalem is just two miles away, Bethany is still exposed to more of the countryside. And so he's not in the hustle bustle of Jerusalem. It is a small village, but it has some, some distance from the town of, or from the city life of Jerusalem. 
The second time we come into Bethany is Jesus' resurrection of Lazarus. And I'll just note here these few verses. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. Lazarus was not a disciple as far as one who walked with Jesus in his itinerant ministry. But Lazarus was clearly a follower of Jesus. He may have been a local businessman. He's noted as Lazarus of Bethany. There may have been something that kept him in town because clearly his faith was with Jesus, even though he wasn't actively with him in person. It was Mary who anointed the Lord who, with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. I find it fascinating that Jesus is specifically told, the one, the Lazarus you love is sick. So clearly, not only did Jesus have a fond relationship with, relationship with Martha and Mary, but he also had a close relationship with Lazarus. Something about Lazarus was drawing to Jesus, was just just felt some kind of kinship and connection there. And so when Jesus visited this little home in Bethany, it was a place of respite and renewal for him. Our final text is John 12, and this indicates that Jesus had dinner with Mary, Martha, Lazarus on Friday night. So he comes from Jericho into Bethany ahead of his ultimate arrest and crucifixion. And the place, or the people at least, maybe not the place, but the people he has dinner with include Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Martha's the one who does the food prep. So Jesus coming into Bethany, the dark week ahead, gets to be with these close friends of his. And you can see all of them listed in that text. By the way, the town is now called El Nazarea, referring to Lazarus. I think that's El Azarea, referring to Lazarus because the town is named after him. And uh, it's been changed from Bethany to El. I should have, I had it this morning and now it slipped my mind, but it's on the map there for you. Do you have a Bethany friend? That's my question for you. And are you a Bethany friend? Here are three things that I think set apart a Bethany friend. The first one, friends to remind you of the miracle-making power of God. That was Lazarus. When Jesus saw Lazarus, not only did he have a friend, but as he's approaching his death and Jesus sees Lazarus, he also is reminded of the miracle-working power of God. Now, he didn't have any issue in believing that. But sometimes we do, and we need those friends who can be in our lives to remind us of the miracle-making power of God. Are you that kind of friend who reminds your friends, especially going through difficult times or maybe approaching a difficult time, of God's miracle-making power? We need friends who love to serve, and it's okay if they also enjoy spoiling us. 
We are not only in need of serving, but also in need of being served, especially at difficult times. And finally, friends who hang on the words of Jesus. Do you have friends that love to talk about Jesus? Doesn't mean all your friends do, but do you have that special group of friends that can just turn your thoughts and heart toward Jesus? Are you that special kind of friend who spends lots of time with Jesus and and then just naturally in the course of conversation, especially with your close friends, talks about your best friend, brings their hearts and mind toward their best friend Jesus? So I encourage you this communion Sabbath to think about your friends and the kind of friend you are and to pray for grace to be a friend like one of those three Bethany friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Let's pray together. God, help us to be friends like the Bethany friends you had where you found great encouragement. And God, may you bless this special service of foot washing and communion as our own hearts are drawn together around you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more content or to connect with us, visit us online at brunswickadventist.church.